Tuesday, June 7, 2022. Welcome to the Lowdown with the Chelan County Sheriff's Office. And Sheriff Brian Burnett, how are you today? Doing great, Randy. We got some sunshine finally, you know. I enjoyed the rain, but it is nice to be actually experience some uh, bright, sunny, warm spring weather. We, we call that a Chamber of Commerce Day. There you go. One of our 300-plus days of sunshine. Well, we welcome Sheriff Burnett to the lowdown for this time out. And, Brian, we're going to start uh, off with there's a new process available to the public and your constituents. It's for the online concealed carry permits. Now, how does that work? Because you do have to have the fingerprints with the new application and renewals and all that. Can you kind of explain that online process to us? Right. So an online uh, concealed pistol license uh, renewal or first time application process called Permidium. Uh, and a lot of agencies are going to some type of online uh, piece like this, Randy, is try to make uh, a couple different things. One, we want to make the process as easy and simple and streamlined for our customer, you the citizen, as much as possible. Uh, we also want to, you know, try to make the best of our, uh, our staff's time and try to utilize them to get as much done. We have a lot more things coming down, whether it's legislatively or locally, uh, that requires their time. And we got to get as much from our workforce as we can. And so it gives you, the citizen, the option to go online, fill out all of the process for your either renewal or first time uh, application for that concealed pistol license. And the only thing you ever have to come in for is to submit your fingerprints in person. So if it's a renewal, you don't have to do that. You can do everything online and that will be sent to you through the mail. So it really makes it easy, especially, you know, we got people from around the county, they got to travel an hour, hour and a half one way just to get here to our office. So going to save you a lot of money, especially with the price of fuel these days. Yeah, for sure. Now this Permidium uh, process online. Uh, first of all, are you the only agency that uh, issues the concealed carry permits? No. Uh, so in a, in a local sense, uh, in each county, uh, every city police department can issue those, but only for the people that are residents of that municipality. And then here in the county, uh, as the county sheriff's office, we can uh, issue those to anyone that's a resident of the county. So having said that, we always encourage people to go to the city if they can. We have some people that want to have and come at issued uh, by the sheriff's office, and that's okay. We'll take, we'll, we'll, we'll serve you as well. And the only reason I say that, Randy, is because, you know, a few years back, uh, there was a big rush when people thought that some of their gun rights were being uh, suppressed on a little bit. You saw this uptick in both purchasing of firearms and the purchasing of CPLs, so that concealed pistol license. People wanted to make sure that they were protecting their Second Amendment rights. And so when those started coming in, uh, we just kind of started doing some research. And I checked with Wenatchee Police Department to see, well, how many were you guys averaging per year compared to what we were doing? Uh, And then we just did a check to see how many of those that we were doing were actually citizens or residents of of Wenatchee. And so it was overwhelming that we were doing the majority of them. I want to say we were doing, you know, upwards to 2,400 a year and the city was doing, you know, two or three, 400. Uh, and that there was quite a few hundred, if not more, that that we actually could have been done that. So it helps balance that workload. We only have, you know, so much staff we can do. The city, I think, limits their time that you can come in and do it. 
so we're just trying to be good stewards of our time and uh, taxpayers' uh, money, resources, and give back the best service possible that we can. You know, I spoke with your administrative deputy, Kim Oglesby, yesterday, and she tells me that on average, your office puts out 1,700 of these a year. Yeah, and we saw, I think, Randy, in the past, we've done up and over 22, 2,300. So we've had some busy years. That's balanced out a little bit. I think a lot more people are, you know, if people call ahead of time, we're asking them, do you live at the inside the city limits? Are you outside the city limits? Uh, and we ask, we recommend that they go to the city. But again, if they choose to come to the sheriff's office, we'll be more than happy to serve you. And certainly there are certain fees involved to uh, get your permit the first time and for the renewals. Don't let it lapse. I know that because I've heard about no, that will it. cost you just a little bit extra. It's, it's much more feasible on the on the consumer you as a CPL holder to renew that in time. And there is a there, there is a variance time there. You can expire, I think, within 60 or 90 days. But once that lapse past, I think, 60 days, then you're going to have to do that full renewal. Ryan, what do you want uh, new uh, concealed carry permit holders to know as far as, you know, somebody goes out and gets their very first handgun? I know certainly there's plenty of training available. There's so many tips that you could look up on, you know, even YouTube. But someone just brand new, maybe like three or four good points that they need to keep in mind when becoming a concealed carry permit holder. Well, Always, first and foremost, it's it's ultimately as as important, if not more important, to know when to use a firearm, as much as it is how to use a firearm. So it's actually the actual manipulation. You have to be familiar with it. You have to be able to handle that firearm safely, uh, and all those different things. How to store it, how to load it, how to unload it, how to clean it. Uh, but you also need in what situation. Can I legally bring that firearm out to use in a CPL situation carry to protect and defend life, right? Whether that's yours or someone else's. And that's best done through some type of firearm self-defense training class. And you can find those online. You can, you can uh, go to some of our local gun shops here uh, and they'll have recommendations on some in-live training of people that put those classes on. That's what I would highly recommend. Also, if you don't own a firearm and you're looking in, to purchase one is to go to these gun shops, talk with the professionals and find the fit and the style of firearm that will best work for you. Because um, not not it's not a one size fits all. There's a lot of different makes and models, shapes, sizes, and different things. There's a lot of different ways to conceal carry and safely conceal carry. And I think that's something that it, you're going to have to invest the time to do that. But it can be easily done. And there's a lot of people out there that can help you do that properly. And, you know, I think this could be a whole other uh, topic at some point on a future podcast. But, you know, first of all, you try to escape the situation then maybe it's pepper spray, and, and certainly as a very, very, very last resort, would you pull a firearm? Well, I think there's a misconception. A lot of people think that the firearm is a warning signal. And, and really, I guess at the last resort, potentially, if you truly feel like your life is threatened. Uh, but, you know, it's not something that you just pull out willy-nilly uh, with no regards to life. Um, if you pull that out, you're responsible for where the tra trajectory and the travel of any bullet that is sent out that barrel, uh, you're responsible for. And that's why it's so important. That's why we train so diligently in law enforcement. It's, it's you know, there's a lot of studies done on what we call um, unaccounted uh, bullets tracking. 
And so we, we started transitioning from a 45 caliber firearm weapon several years ago to issuing nine millimeters because the uh, one, the course of action, as far as training, there's a much greater accuracy percentage. And the FBI has some studies out there that shows when they're tracing and tracking those bullet trajectories, that they're, they're, it's a much greater percentage of hitting the target that's attended for versus having an innocent bystander or a home in the background being struck. Fantastic information, Brian. And maybe in the future, we can expand on that a little bit. But it seems the three most important things, education, education and education education and something to remember as we wrap up this portion uh if you're applying for your concealed pistol license uh, online make sure you're going to do that online but you, after you uh completed that portion you're going to have just 30 days to come in and submit uh your fingerprints with that online application so don't forget that but call if you have any questions and you can reach out uh to our cpl and our regular records office at 509 667-6855, and you'll have a, a person there to help you that's uh, really familiar with that process. All right, and again, operators are standing by, 509-667-6855. Brian, we've heard about these um, county auctions. Uh, I, I think it's called Bid for Assets. First of all, now that's kind of going to an online format too. Uh, can you explain that process to us? Right. Bid for assets. It's going to be a great piece. And we're just getting ready to, I think, to do our first online sale here for the sheriff's office in the county. But before traditionally, Randy, what uh, uh, our citizens had to do, somebody that wanted to put in a bid for that uh, property or different piece that was coming up for bid is you actually had to be on the courthouse steps yeah. at a specific time. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, and, and that's just not the world we live in. Uh, I think we're going to have a much greater response to make that more available. Uh, to different members uh, from our community and outside of our community. Uh, so this is, I think, we're going to put it to the test. Everything we're hearing is this is going to be a truly great, functional, save time uh, and, and greater, um, I guess, resource and, and availability to everyone involved. Well, you know, so many things are going online now, so it's kind of maybe compare it to like an eBay process. You can peruse the items, check them out, read the descriptions. I was just curious, what are the different kinds of items that come up for bid and bids for assets? And what are some of the most unusual things that you've seen come through? No, we, you know, we, in our civil department, there's things that happen. We've had to do till taps on businesses. So we would go and actually have to close that business down. This is, again, folks, these are very, very rare things that are done through court orders and such. Um, And so as the sheriff's office handles that to make sure it's, it's, I guess, monitored and done with integrity. Um, But you could have a a variety of different properties, but generally it's real estate type of property, land, uh, homes, businesses, more building types of things like that. Uh, And I think one of the things that uh, I want our listeners to know is this is no cost to the sheriff's office or the county's budget. This is passed on by the consumer. All the fees and charges on this bid for asset program is, is, uh, collected through the bidding process and not by Chelan County or the Chelan County Sheriff's Office. But isn't there another auction type that goes on like for, you know, vehicles that have uh, run their course of service for you guys and things of that nature? Right. The county uh, does a, what we call an annual uh, surplus auction. Okay. Um, and all of uh, county property from all of the different departments 
uh, whether it's a sheriff's office or public works or any of the other uh, departments within the county, uh, generally set back and it's somewhere between September and October, you know that surplus is coming, you'll set that information up. That's where our vehicles are sold. Uh, it could be office furniture, it could be a lot of different things, but mostly you'll see on the vehicle or equipment side of things. Uh, and those will go to a, we'll have an auctioneer come in and they'll set that up and they'll auction those off all in one day. It sounds like a lot of fun and we're gonna be talking more about that process, I'm sure in the future at some point. Brian, uh, tell us a little bit about your support staff. I know you have Kim and Jessica, and you work with them very directly on a daily basis. What are their roles in your office? Right. So as an elected sheriff for Chelan County, I have five appointed positions. So those are at-will exempt positions. Uh, they are not, uh, and what I mean by that is they're salary-based. Uh, they do not acquire, uh, can't accrue overtime, so pay time and a half. Uh, there's other benefits that they can do to make up for things like that. Um, but uh, as the elected sheriff, you point your positions and directly under myself as a, an executive assistant to the sheriff. That position sh uh, also serves all of my other appointed positions as well as I direct her. And we kind of that's kind of on a daily to weekly basis on what the influx of workload and the type of things we're doing. But she serves a direct assistant to me. It could be drafting letters, uh, emailing out information, helping with schedules. Uh, public disclosure for our internal personnel records are a big one. Regardless, it could be just, it could be uh, a media request. It could be um, different things uh, from litigation. And so we try to have that person handle as much of the internal files. So on our personnel, so, so that stuff is not viewed from just a regular employee as, as much as possible. Um, and, and also for uh, some of the other stuff that she might do. Um, again, I said litigation. Uh, and then uh, assisting in uh, transcribing. So occasionally if we have an internal investigation uh, and, and it ends up in interviews, uh, those, trans those, those interviews need to be transcribed and made available to the appropriate people. She helps with that as well. And then the many, many things that we do from promotional ceremonies to people leaving our, our, our office and retirements, just the scheduling. Uh, we do a lot of things for uh, our staff that ongoing from training and travel, making those travel training arrangements, making sure that those costs are paid for, invoiced, and then and, and passed on. And then next we have our three chiefs. Uh, we have our chief of special operations, which is over our investigative units, detectives, the drug task force, uh, our training program, all of our training program, and then emergency management. Uh, so a lot of moving pieces there as well. And then the chief of patrol, it's just as it says, chief of patrol. And that position takes on uh, our, our TEU, which is our traffic enforcement unit, uh, our canine unit. I'm going to peek over my shoulder here, make sure I don't uh, miss any of it. Campus security, our field training program, and our contract cities and SROs and uh, uh, and such. And, and moving back to the chief uh, uh, special operations, they also have Marine Patrol. So just a lot of moving pieces here for those two chiefs. Now the chief of patrol and the chief of special operations are commissioned, so they're regular law enforcement commission positions. And then we have our chief civil deputy, which is Kim Oglesby, who you were referencing earlier. And that is a non-commissioned position. And she's in charge of our records, our civil department and civil department with some of these things we were talking about. Our bid for assets is done through civil. Uh, the Permidium, the CPO program is done through records. Uh, she oversees all of those programs. 
And then also she's in charge of our budget. And boy, is there a million moving parts. She's kind of also our, our in-house IT expertise, handles all of our phones, uh, computers, uh, liaison through the county IT um, and different things. I could go on and on and on and probably just bore, bore our listeners, but boy, there is a million moving parts. And, and that is one busy position. And Kim does a great job, very competent at what she does. Well, you know, the reason I bring up Jessica and Kim is I've seen, you know, the three of you working together and the teamwork that it takes to really, you know, pull off the whole operation, uh, your chief uh, deputies and so forth. And so congratulations on having such an awesome crew there, Brian. I mean, we don't want to also end um, as we near the end of our podcast for today. Well, I actually need to interrupt you because you do. I actually, I... I skipped one of the most important positions. That's our undersheriff, Jason Matthews, who's the next <laughs> position under me. And in the undersheriff, he oversees those three chiefs that I spoke of. And boy, oh boy, is that a busy position or not? Handling all the logistics, all the, basically the entire administration and operations of the sheriff's office and a direct report to myself. Does a fabulous job. Phenomenal. Uh, if you wanted somebody that has the memory of an elephant, that's our guy right there under Sheriff Jason Matthews. He does a great job. And it's not the easiest thing because you're dealing with all of the internal process. Every problem that you can think of that's in inquire, whether it's from the citizens outside or problems, I, I say problems, uh, issues that arise just from an, an employment agency uh, comes to the undersheriff eventually. And, uh, and so you're, you're not always working with the positive, you're working with a lot of the negative. So you got to stay positive so you can work through those and come to, um, you know, good resolving solutions. All right. Have we forgotten anybody else? Oh, no. I, <laughs> I would have gotten in trouble for that one because that is a big piece of what we do and who we are. The undersheriff is also, if something was to happen to the sheriff or I was out of state or, or such, um, he would be the, obviously the second in command and would take over charge for the elected sheriff. Hey, uh, one one final thing, Brian. We do have a promotion within the department to uh, speak about, and uh, Jan Brincat. Jan Brincat. I think one of the probably the longest standing members uh, of employment. I think she started employment for the Cheyenne County Sheriff's back office back in 1984, and I can remember obviously when when I started here, Jan was a, 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 a very strong functioning member, and she goes back. She started in uh, the jail, worked as a dispatcher. Uh, and it went into records, uh, was promoted by Sheriff Harum as his executive assistant, worked two terms, eight years for Sheriff Harum. And then when I was elected and took over in 2011, I kept Jan on staff in that same role. And she served me uh, for about, I think it was 10 and a half years. And in June of 2021, uh, we decided as a group, we, we had kind of forecasted on just some things that had changed within and, and, the, and, and the skills and, the, and, the, and just the I guess the setup of the of the office here with my command positions uh, to make a few changes and uh, and that's what I love about the heart of Jan. Jan was always a servant, wanted to do what was best for the agency, and always told me that from the very beginning. I remember her telling me, "You know, Brian, if this is not the best fit for me, I want to I want to do what is best. So you just let me know." And at one point in time, I approached her and said, hey, Jan, I think we need to go to this direction. We're going to do this. And I just want to point that out because sometimes change isn't always bad. Change isn't always means that that, that someone's in trouble. Uh, and we were able to put Jan in that records position. She recently tested for our record supervisor, and she was just promoted to record supervisor. And, and that's what I love. She served me faithfully. One of my, uh, I guess, dearest friends and the persons I trust, she was always considered my second mother, um, both of my ex both 
Jan and Jessica, who play those executive assistant roles, have direct access to my wife. I think they actually communicate more than than we do offline, and, and to make sure that uh, I guess that uh, either way, I'm I'm not spending much too too much time at the office or whatever. And I appreciate that. I I do I do reference uh, Jan as my second mother sometimes, not Jessica because she's a, a lot younger than me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but uh, just two great personnel. Congratulations, Jan, and thank you for serving with us for all these years. Hey, Brian, as we uh, wind down for this uh, uh, trip on our Lowdown podcast, does anything come to mind for a public safety tip to uh, kind of put the bow on this conversation for this week? Well, I know we talked a lot about water safety in the recent past, uh, Randy, but I want to bring it back up again, and that's because the weather's changing. We're going to have warmer temperatures, and it means that runoff from the, the high snowpack is finally going to start impacting our lower level uh, tributaries and our riverways here, especially uh, like uh, the Icicle River, uh, the Wenatchee River. Uh, you're going to start seeing Lake Chelan fill back up. And I just want you to remember to have respect for those waterways, both in one in the the the, the power of the water itself, uh, but also in the temperature of that water. And uh, that can you can get into hypothermia very quickly if you get exposed to that. And I know we're going to have a lot of people going up into the high countries. There's a lot of streams and areas there that if you take the wrong uh, footing or stuff and you could go into that uh, situation and go in the water it could be a bad scene very quickly so take the safety measures plan 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 and uh, always tell people where you're going and if you can always have that backup person going with you because safety in numbers uh, but again plan 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 and, and just take your safety measures we want you to have a great uh, and safe summer all right, well, uh, that's going to wrap it up for another edition of The Lowdown with the Chelan County Sheriff's Office. And Chelan County Sheriff Brian Burnett, thanks for your service. Thanks for all you do. And I'm your host, Randy Rhodes, signing off. And, Brian, we'll see you next time. All right, have a great weekend.